Hey, Bronwyn here, the voice of Alice Harlow. Have you gotten your Station Arcadia merchandise yet? We've just added some new options, including Station Arcadia logo beanies. You can find those and more at stationarcadia.com merchandise. Make sure to order as soon as possible if you're hoping to get something for the holidays. Thanks, and enjoy Episode 7, The Art of Expectations. Welcome, anyone. And thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Station Arcadia. I've been spending a lot of my time wondering if anyone is actually listening, and if so, who? (laughs) But it has just now occurred to me that we do have at least one listener, the lovely Marvin Roberts, storm chaser and friend of the show. Marvin, if you're listening now, feel free to call in after today's story, okay? We miss you here. Every summer in the Gannon Islands, there is an art show. People flock to Island 3 to see all manners of paintings, sculptures, dances, and all other types of art imaginable. The displays are provided by an ever-changing cast of artists from across the islands. It takes place in and around the Charles Day Convention Center in downtown Oko, with its multicolored glass windows and plants cascading down its walls. The building is an iconic part of the Oko skyline that stands out among the trees and grasses that surround the city. In the days leading up to the show, it is even more lively than usual, with people setting up booths inside and in the surrounding park. This year was the 40th anniversary of this event, and it was Ash Webster's first time as one of the artists. They had attended with their parents since they were young child, and later with their queer platonic partner, Leah, and they had always wanted to contribute to the wonder. This year, they finally could fulfill that dream. Saturday morning saw Ash bidding Leah farewell in the hotel room the two were staying in and setting out for the Charles Day Convention Center. When they arrived, they got breakfast and cheap coffee from the table of food that had been set out for the artists, then finished setting up their stall. Ash could hear a band warming up a ways away, and they were in high spirits. They were one of the first artists to arrive, and the sun was only just rising. Over the next hour, more artists showed up, including the man in the stall next to Ash. He looked to be a few years older than them, and it seemed he made jewelry. This did not appear to be his first time at the art show. Ash looked around their stall, suddenly a bit self-conscious. Of course, they knew that their art was good and that they had nothing to worry about, but this did little to calm their nerves. Ash tidied their stall aimlessly and thought about how many people would be arriving soon. The premise of the show was fairly simple. Artists would display their art, in Ash's case, pottery, in hopes of getting commissions. If someone liked an artist's work, they could pick up a business card to show that they were interested in possibly commissioning something. Art could be traded for or even bought but it was not common. Most of the art on display was just that. Displays. Once people started showing up, the morning passed quickly and uneventfully. Ash got a fair number of people interested in their work. Not a huge amount, but nothing to scoff at. 
they did their best not to compare themselves to their more charismatic and successful neighbor. He was clearly doing better than them, and he seemed to know many of the people he talked to. One of Ash's friends stopped by their stall partway through the morning, and they chatted for a bit. But besides that, Ash didn't even recognize anyone. Oh, uh, Arcadia is letting me know that there's some live audio to share, so um, let's switch to that for a second. My ratings are down when compared to them, and you're losing traction in this area here. If you just... Axel! Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I see what you mean. So you see how much more work we have to do. The speech isn't going to be your last, but we still need to make it count. I'd suggest starting with the good ideas you have. We have a plan to move forward financially, and I dip a little bit into how we want to fund that new education center down the road. That'll give them a more positive outlook going forward, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, good idea. Of course it is. And I suppose you'll want to tell them about how fishing will be illegal in the surrounding area, effective two days after you're elected? Uh, right, yeah. Axel. Huh? What? You just agreed to make fishing illegal. Oh. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm trying to pay attention. I swear, it's just so boring. You have to take this more seriously. We're in the middle of the election season, and yeah, we're still doing okay, but we would be doing better if you'd pay attention when I talk. No, you're, you're right. I'm sorry. Keep going. Okay. Listen this time. So after you talk about the positives, I bring up a local issue. I think that education center is- <sighs> Watch where oh, you're- sorry. Oh. You. Honestly, I can't believe I'm going to have to organize all of this again. I had an alphabetical. Why don't I help you with that? Thanks, Miss Russell, but I don't need it. <clears throat> I don't remember you being this polite. Of course not. People change, especially when the environment requires it. The Russell campaign wouldn't look all that reputable if the campaign's daughter didn't reflect her values. You've certainly changed. I noticed you're going by a different name now. Oh, you noticed... I think Asphodel suits me. It's got a ring to it. It's a lovely name, in my humble opinion, of course. Of course. What are you doing here, Miss Russell? I'm sure your mother doesn't need you to show up to intimidate opponents. I'm taking a break from work to help Mother with her campaign. I'm here to pick up the schedule for her next interview. I didn't think you'd be one to settle for being a gopher. What, me? I'm no political genius. I'm merely here to lighten the load. What else would a simple violinist have to offer the team leading in the polls? You're not leading by all that much. Soren. You're falling behind in rural areas across the board, as well as the general population of Island 8 and God knows about Island 7. Soren, let's not give advice to our opponents, shall we? Well, this has been a nice little reunion, but alas, my duties lie elsewhere. My mother has a campaign to win. We're very busy as well. I couldn't stay to talk even if I wanted to. I don't expect you to. Good to see you, Asphodel. Good luck to you and yours. Oh, thanks. You... good? Peachy. What were you saying about local problems? Ah, well, there was this incident with a car running into somebody on the street. Welcome back, listeners. Let's carry on. Around noon, 
Ash set up a back soon sign at their stall and took a break to eat lunch Leah made for them that morning. The day was getting quite warm, so they found a nice shaded spot and sat down to eat. As they were unwrapping their sandwich, they realized a person was standing next to them. Ash looked up to see the man from the stall next to theirs. He introduced himself as Miles Cardinal and asked whether they minded if he sat next to them. Ash nodded, he sat down, and the two began chatting as they ate. It was primarily small talk about the art show. Miles mentioned that he quite liked Ash's art, and Ash returned the compliment genuinely. After a bit, the conversation turned more towards their personal lives. Ash learned that Miles had grown up on Island 5 and had moved to Island 2 for college. Ash brought up their queer platonic partner, and he mentioned his husband's. Miles also said that he had been participating in various art shows and auctions across the island for over seven years. When Ash mentioned this was their first one, he smiled and said they were doing much better than he'd done at his first art show. That made them feel a bit better about how many more commissions Miles had been getting. Once they were done eating, the two went back to their respective booths. The sun was now almost directly overhead and the tarp ceiling did little to stave off the heat. Fewer people were perusing the stalls now, as many had found somewhere cooler to weather the midday heat. Ash silently cursed themselves for not thinking ahead and wearing cooler clothes. Looking over at Miles's stall, they saw that he had the forethought to bring a portable fan with him and had dragged it over to his chair. A feeling of being incompetent crept back over them. The heat was starting to give them a headache. The headache, the heat... The lack of forethought, all these little things that should have been fine on their own started to build up. Things that hadn't bothered Ash before, such as their comparatively low number of potential commissions, were now bothering them and just adding on to their mood. They felt tired and agitated, and above all, anxious. They had put so many expectations on this art show, and now all of them are falling apart. Ash was so caught up in their fretting that they barely registered Miles jogging the roughly ten feet from his booth over to theirs until he was almost directly outside of their stall, holding a water bottle and a handheld fan and smiling. He remarked that it was practically sweltering, and that Ash looked like they needed to cool off a bit, before offering them the fan and the water. They accepted, and thanked him for helping out. After a brief chat and several more thank yous from Ash, Miles returned to his booth, leaving Ash feeling much better. The headache had eased, and although the fan wasn't particularly strong, it was significantly better than having nothing at all. With a cooler head, they reflected some more and realized that business had been slow for miles too this afternoon, not just Ash. So they really weren't doing as badly as they deceived themselves into thinking. Miles checked on Ash several times over the course of the afternoon, and they even visited his booth once. The two had become good friends, and Ash was quite thoroughly enjoying themselves by the time the art show began to wrap up. By around five, it had cooled off significantly and clouds were starting to roll in. Around half an hour before closing, Leah called Ash and informed them that, once the show was done for the day, it was going to pick them up and take them out to dinner to celebrate their accomplishment. They accepted excitedly, and the last hour passed in a pleasant blur. As the last few patrons trickled out and the artists began to pack up for the day, it started to rain. At first, it was just a drizzle, but as Ash picked up their last piece, it began to pour. They saw that Miles hadn't left yet, 
I went over to go chat with him until Leah arrived. Ash stood when they saw Leah approaching and was grateful that A had brought them an umbrella. As Ash hurried over to Air, doing their best not to get completely soaked, they waved goodbye to Miles and promised to talk to him tomorrow. Maybe the art show hadn't been quite what Ash expected, but they'd had a nice time and made a new friend. And Ash figured that was good enough. Well, that was a nice one. <laughs> I'm starting to see why Lysa wants to live on those islands. Oh, 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 um, uh, Marvin is calling. <clears throat> Hello, Marvin. Hello, Cass. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. It's great to hear from you. Um, how are you? Oh, I'm all right. Been weathering a few storms, but nothing too dire. If you like, I could do a bit of a weather report for the broadcast. That'd be wonderful. I mean, only if you got the time. Of course, Cass. I've always got time for you. Start whenever you're ready. Thank you. I am currently out in northern Clarecourt, in the town of Moran, and I am stood exactly where a storm was taking place just a few short hours ago. Moran had a large regiment of troops holed up there, but strong winds blew in from the east in Westerfield, carrying a dry thunderstorm with them. The Clarecourt soldiers were not prepared to stand up to the elements. There were significant casualties, as well as many civilian deaths. A small fire created by lightning was fanned hotter by the winds, and smoke billowed across the plains like gas. That's what really gets you, you know. You couldn't hear much over the roaring gales, but among the shouts of troops calling for gas masks, there were reports of the term phlegathon. The storm itself was brief, all things considered. With burning lungs, the soldiers fought back against the tempest. Eventually, the winds died down, and the Moran soldiers with them. Westerfield generals must be very happy that the smoke was so effective against their enemies. The civilians who are left have banded together to clean up the town and repair any damage. It's been a while since Moran saw a storm, but they seem to be doing a remarkably good job of recovering. Things in the Empire may be turbulent, but remember that every cloud has a silver lining. Thank you, Marvin. Any time, kid. I'll let you finish your broadcast now. Well, I'm almost done here. I just gotta do my sign-off. Um, why don't you stay on the line and we can chat afterwards? Sounds good. All right, then. Remember, listeners, stay safe, stay moving, and stick close. You've been listening to Station Arcadia. Station Arcadia is a podcast by Metal Steve Productions and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. It is produced by Eliana SD and CVVM and directed by Tova Branner. It is edited by Eliana SD and J.R. Steele with soundscaping by Becker Juan and music by Theo Goodwin.
Today's episode was written by Logan Alexis H., with scenes by Tova Brantner and J.R. Steele. It featured Jade Virginia as Cass, Dylan Ramden as Marvin, Rachel Cameron as Axel, Akash S. as Soren, and Tova Brantner as Asphodel. Join us on Twitter and Tumblr at Station Arcadia for more content. Check out our website, stationarcadia.com, for a transcript of this episode as well as information on the cast and crew. It about do can I nothing, sorry. Backwards beta has everything, unfortunately. Day backwards is week the of day the. Welcome to the Valley of Mordarium. In the world of You Are All Alone, an epic science fiction sword and shield narrative podcast. Entrenched in a world reeling from the effects of the rapid fall of man, join DuPaul as he looks to jumpstart the phoenix like rise of humanity. To guide humanity with the information and knowledge of the past presented by an enigmatic being. I would make this creature regret it, I thought. Raising my sword and rushing it, bringing my weapon down in a long arc with every bit of power I could summon behind it. It parried my blow effortlessly and pushed me into the ground and putting its sword against my throat. Information that could change the future and bring about humanity's ascension once more. Walk with Dupal as he looks to navigate the dangers of this society. Loose! The commander roared, 60 men answering in time with a twang of bowstring and the whistle of death upon the crisp morning breeze. And the weight of the mission he finds himself beholden to. In this, he is all alone. Check out You Are All Alone for free on all podcast platforms. Or check out AlonePodcast.com for more details. And thanks for listening.